Hi, I wanted to give you a snapshot or a few snapshots of kind of my evolution through rethinking the idea of VAXs, specifically childhood VAXs. I want to say the word as least as I can, so that's why I'm spelling it out. So I know this is a topic that's supercharged, that people already have a really firm opinion and a really like strong gut response to it, but please just bear with me for a minute. I'm not speaking as an expert, obviously, I'm not an expert in this topic, but I just want to share how my perspective has evolved over the last th- maybe two or three years. Like It's a, pr- a pretty short amount of time, maybe even the last year. And obviously, I think COVID had a lot to do with it because of the hesitancy around the COVID VAX, it started to make me think about why people would be hesitant about VAXs in general and why if those those people had any merit or any ground to stand on. I remember several years ago when I had my first child and... There was the conversation in my friend group about VAXs and, you know, how there were these weird people who didn't give shots to their kids and they had these, you know, crazy conspiracy theories. And it was really easy to kind of write them off as like the weirdos because obviously the people who went along with the CDC schedule, the shot schedule, immunizations, that was normal and you were in line with medical profession like most medical professionals and you knew not to trust or not to question them and that was disrespectful haven't they worked so many years in that field don't they know better than you and so i kind of just went along with a normal schedule i didn't even really ask any of our pediatricians any questions about them because i didn't want to be viewed as one of those people who thought that they had any ground to stand on. Like I didn't have any professional training in that area. I wasn't a medical provider, so what was I gonna say? And I didn't, I really don't like feeling dumb and looking dumb in front of people, so I kind of just avoided it. Now to my regret, because obviously I would, I should be willing to look dumb on behalf of getting information for my child and wanting to make the best decision for my kids. So then there has been other people in my life who've kind of brought up the topic but not really pushed it because, again, people are labeled like right away with in this topic. If you are even hesitant toward childhood immunizations, hesitant uh, toward the schedule, then you're going to be, you know, labeled as kind of a freak. And so I remember saying one time I was with a friend And I had mentioned like, well, obviously the schedule wouldn't keep going the way it is if there was any major problems with it. And she kind of was like, well, I don't know, you think? And so that just made me think a little bit more about it, just that hesitancy to, you know, jump on board with my statement. And so I started looking into it a little bit more. People had provided me with some books about like the VAX friendly schedule and how to delay VAXs and why you would want to delay them or why you would want to space them out. Why would you want to get them? Why would you want? And I started to realize that not all shot was, not each shot was made equally. You know, there's different types of VAXs. Live virus, you know, attenuated, different types of um, VAXs that were available. 
And the diseases that they sought to combat or to immunize a person for were not at all the same severity. Like the risks associated with getting those were not as severe. So, you know, I just started wondering like, well, what do I even know about what I'm putting in my kid's body? And in terms of the COVID VAX, what do I know about what's going into my body? And I uh, I think this was like mid, late 2021, there was this post that was recirculating that was talking kind of like a rebuttal to people who were VAX hesitant, the COVID VAX hesitant. The rebuttal was, so it was kind of set up as the hesitant person was saying, well, how do you even know what's in this VAX? You know, why are you putting something into your body with, in which you don't know what, it, what the components are and what it's going to do to your body in the long term? And the rebuttal was kind of this list of, you know, well, I don't know what all these other things are or what their components are, and I still put it into my body. And one of the examples was like a Big Mac or a whatever the Burger King one is, Whopper or whatever. Like, I don't know the components are everything that's in a Whopper and I still eat it. And I thought, wow, that's like a really, really bad argument because you probably should know what you're eating. And it just started, it made me step back and think, what things have I assumed are true and what things have I assumed are like completely legitimate arguments just because it's mainstream? And what information am I limited in getting because... I use a Google search engine and Google owns everything and only wants me to see certain types of information because whatever you're using to search for that information, if it's the internet, that search engine can restrict you from seeing certain things. And there's so many articles that will come up automatically when you search anything in regards to VAXs and it's like fact check, fact check, fact check. And they all are kind of owned by the same people. All of these, you know, um, publications are owned by the same people, the same companies, and they really do own the flow of information. So you're really not getting like a randomized sample, number one. And number two, I realized like, well, who is going to fund studies that legitimized VAX hesitancies. Like, where was that money going to come from? Like, I could do my own study, but first of all, no one's going to publish some random person, you know, on their own that's doing this study, like, you know, some randomized trial, number one. And number two, like, I have no money to do this with. So really, the information is not only restricted by how you're searching for the information, but it's also restricted by who is funding the research. And then and I realized how much pharma was behind all of this research. It was like, well, how is this, how, how do we have any independent bodies that are actually doing checks and balances and making sure they're independent third parties? And the more that I looked into this, into VAXs and realized that Pharma and our our government agencies are kind of all in bed together in the sense that someone works at the CDC and then like the next year they're like working at Merck or Pfizer or whatever. 
And so it's really hard to know, you know, who are you supposed to trust? Why are you supposed to trust them? And I kept hearing from people like, why don't VAXs go through the same testing as different drugs? Now, I don't know all the reasons for that or the supposed reasons for that. But what I do know is that there isn't a mandatory double blind placebo study. And the argue, some of the argument, at least for that, is that, well, we don't want to withhold really crucial VAXs and like life-saving VAXs from these kids. So we're not going to give, you know, a placebo. We want to just see how kids respond to the additional VAX versus the schedule the CDC, the, the VAX schedule before that, you know, additional VAX. And so it just doesn't make sense. Like why would scientifically, why would you not have a placebo group that lasts? I mean, even in the, you know, Pfizer trials, you know, why did they unblind the placebo group? Oh, it's because it was life-saving. It's like, if you really wanted like long-term data and to really have like a, a cogent study, like a a study that was, you know, reliable, you would have kept the placebo group until the end. Like, that just doesn't make sense. And so I just started to question, you know, a a lot more and step back and think, okay, this is kind of hard to swallow because it's easier just to go kind of through life unthinking and not question, you know, what people tell you because people like you better and I'm a people pleaser and I would rather people like me and like what I have to say, but I obviously am convicted by that. And so I, I cannot do that. So then I started breaking down, you know, the individual VAXs and there's, you know, some, I think legitimate arguments for some of them, whereas others, I have no idea why they are on the schedule. I cannot understand why a child gets hep B, it's hep B, right? Within 24 hours of being born? Like what? Why, what, like what is the rationale for that? I mean, I know I'm not an IV drug user. I know I don't have hep B. Why is my child getting hep B? And why is it required for school? Like that's a sexually transmitted disease. Like I'm not going to like sneeze on someone and give them hep B. So it, it just blows my mind. Like in California, I literally can't send my kid to school if they don't have hep B. And there are some legitimate risks associated with Hep B. So that doesn't make any sense to me. Um, I still don't know why they wouldn't separate out the MMR vac- uh, VAX. That's weird to me. Um, why they wouldn't separate out Tdap, DTAP. <sighs> anyway, I'm sure someone has some reason for that, but. That you used to be able to get the, just the measles VAX. Why couldn't you just get that? And the distortion also with the media portraying measles as like this, everyone's going to die if they get it. I mean, we know how to deal with measles. If, if there's a measles outbreak or if there's people that get measles around us, like we have really good therapeutics for that. I mean, it's, it's just the way the media portrayed is so botched and on purpose. And you always hear the same like, hook lines over and over and over, safe and effective, safe and effective, safe and effective. So if you ever question at all, you're labeled a conspiracy theorist. And the the best way to kind of hammer your opponent is to like ridicule them and make them look like idiots, you know, especially in this instance, like ridicule, ridicule, ridicule. You have no f- ground to stand on. You're a pseudoscientist. You, you want to kill grandma. You know what I mean? Like you want to, you don't care about the lives of other people. 
you know, why don't you wear a mask? You're, you're hurting everyone. I know the mask thing is different, but it's all kind of woven into the same, um, argumentation. So I, I just want to caution some of my friends who say, you know, I wouldn't, I do not follow people or listen to people who are anti-VAX. Most people are actually not fully, fully anti-VAX. Some people are. Most people are super anti-mandate and they believe that there's a better way for your body to fight infection than by getting a VAX. With a VAX, you're literally exposing your body and forcing your body to have an immune res- to have an immune response that you probably otherwise would not have. I mean, you're getting you're prompting these immune responses to all of these potential diseases. Likely you would not have gotten all of them or even one of them, statistically speaking. And so anyway, there's a risk benefit calculation that needs to be done and most people aren't doing that. We're just kind of like blindly going into offices. Um, these pharmaceutical companies do like have complete immunity. They don't pay anything for anyone that does get injured from them. The compensation program is paid by taxpayers or funded by taxpayers. And so they don't really have anything to lose. I'm not saying that everyone in pharma is like evil. However, they have a great incentive to like keep the schedule going, obviously profit motivation. And I, I used to really be on the side of, oh, capitalism kind of like helps things balance out, but we don't really have a capitalist society. Like we have more of like a corporatist society and there are people at the top that kind of like run everything and tell you what they want you to, to hear, what you what they want you to believe. They um, create catastrophes so that you can respond in certain ways to them. So they fear us, they scare us into doing things like childhood VAXs. I think, this is my opinion, a lot of times so they can get money. Now, it might have started with good motivations and there might be some VAXs that are, that are necessary. That's, that's, you know, that's not my argument to say like this is all unnecessary. But what I am saying is there is another incentive you know, on the other side of this and people need to be aware of what you're putting into your body. I mean, God did make your body and he made it in a way that, well, first of all, it's a temple, right? And we're supposed to honor it. And we're not just supposed to blind, blindly put stuff into it and say, like, I, I don't know what it was, but, you know, Doc told me to do it. But in addition to that, God really did give us tools to set our bodies up to fight infection naturally that I think a lot of people are overlooking and just say, well, I'm just going to eat whatever I want. I'm maybe I'll exercise a little bit. I'll stay inside and not get much sun, but I'll get a shot. And so I'll be fine. And that's really not health. And that's really not taking care of your body. So in terms of our children though, like that's another layer. That's another level. Like that changes the next generation. And so I just want to caution everyone to be a lot more aware of what these VXs are, why they got on the schedule, why they keep being added to. Yeah, that's my little piece. Of course, I am not an expert on this, but that's just my journey. And I hope that you start your own journey.